a gun with the Florida Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyam, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we unfortunately have to talk about the Florida football defense and I all have of you. The- yeah, have to? yeah, dude. Yeah, we have. We're, to. We are you, in charge. <laughs> um, we are in charge, and I think no, because we're we, in charge, we have to make the right decisions. We have to make the tough calls. <laughs> exactly, we got to make the tough decisions. Uh, we're going to talk about the Florida defense. We're going to talk about Florida's loss to LSU. We're going to go in a different direction. Um, we're going to talk about some really good football that happened this weekend. Some great games outside of Gainesville um, that happened. Like really, really good college football week. Then we will go ahead and talk about next week's games via our five wide and two point. There's no Gator game, so we're not going to have a little Gators discussion for the future. Next week, though, we'll probably have a little maybe abstract midseason check-in. I know it's not exactly midseason, but it's the bye week, so we're going to be able to have a little conversation next week about the Florida football season as a whole. Um, but uh, let's let's just jump right into it, Tyler. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. LSU 45, Florida 35. I made a joke about the Florida defense as we started, but um, where was it? Does there, it, <laughs> it wasn't in Gainesville this past week. So I was going to say there's truth in comedy, and that's what uh, that's why I was referencing a joke, even though it was very true that the Florida defense was very non-existent. Tyler, as a whole, with this game, what did you think of it? How to put this into words? Um, well, I hope you can find some words considering this uh, yes. is a podcast. I, I'm but. trying to think. Well, I mean, again, uh, encouraging night for the offense. Even okay, it, it's frustrating. Like I said, this is a joke last week. I'm like, well, what if this is the week that Brian Kelly decides he's going to trust Jaden Daniels, which is absolutely what did happen. Um, you know, seven games in, but do we, do we say that he trusted Jaden Daniels or he just felt comfortable enough letting him do things because he just knew how the Florida defense was. It's probably more of that. It's just, mm-hmm. look, there's one thing you have to circle in red with this game is that the Florida defense basically was a plus LSU factor to this, to this game. Like didn't create any real turnovers it only had like one or two real stops um at no point can stop Jaden daniels and the vaunted lsu passing attack um there was just nothing and uh florida came out offensively florida came out hot um they fell a little behind at one point but they still they hit they made it a 10 point game um there's 35 points i i'm not I continue to be encouraged by the offense, still knowing that not all the pieces are there. Um, this is the one time in the in the past several games, and I have a lot that I'm about to say here, but it's like, okay, the majority of the problems I feel like the Florida has on defense are personnel, which is, you know, a Mullen problem. 
Um, and now Napier is having to deal with that. Now, should your defensive coordinator, as the Gators, ever have a defense this bad? I would say no. Um, and no, Patrick Tony is definitely on a cool. He's going to get another year, obviously. But instead of just seeing how it goes, we're going to need improvement. Like, this has got to get better. Um, yeah. Luckily, and For again, sure. this is this is the weird way it feels this season as opposed to last season, is that because the recruiting class is so good for next year so far, it is looking so good, to me, there's a lot of patience that I'm putting into this. This is the first time, though, this season where I've definitely been like, cool, so we've definitely circled something now that needs to get better. Like, um, And like, if it doesn't get better, we will have a serious problem. And mm-hmm. I mean... The de- the defense the defense was the problem. Yeah, I don't I don't know how else to say it. There's no other way to say it. Um, it's con- Patrick Tony's career is encouraging because his four years at Louisiana DC, his first year was terrible, and they got steadily better until they were in the top twenty in the country at Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, by by four years, it's going to have to happen sooner than that for Patrick Tony. Um, again, we talked about it at length that this is a season where the blueprint there seems to be working. It's just we don't have the players. Yeah. Now, and again, I didn't see anything crazy from a defensive scheme perspective that bothered me, you know? Yeah, I'm it's not, just, I'm it's not just seeing... The players are just not making plays. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not seeing egregious um, schematic things. I'm not seeing egregious uh, high-level things. I agree with you. I really see it as the players are just not making the plays. Uh, like you said, <laughs> I think I don't know if you tweeted that. I think you texted this to me. I think you texted this to me, where you were, um, or, or send it in a group chat on Twitter with with a front with a front of front of the pot, Michael Phillips, friend of ours, uh, where you said it's kind of sh- wow. The whole issue with the reason Mullen got fired was because he wasn't recruiting, and oh, would you look at that? The players he recruited are not doing well in the current team. Like it's going to take wild. time. I know, like, wild, crazy concept. I know. We we keep well, preaching patience, and I at the very least admitted that okay. I don't think Billy Napier is not is the is the issue. There are a lot, there's a lot of toxicity out there about, oh my God, we should have never hired Napier, this and that, whatever. Yeah, it's those, ridiculous. Those people, stuff is, it's clickbait, ridiculousness. Well, they're just not they're just not watching the football games, is what yeah. that's what it is. They're really not paying attention to the program. And you're telling on yourself if you say that. But what I do see credit is, like you said, I'm not saying it's Patrick Tony's fault. I'm not saying that this, you know, I don't see anything schematically. And I'm again, I'm not, you know, self-described scheme guy. I'm really, I'm not, but I have a bit of an understanding. Um, I, I don't see it as being that big an issue, but I agree with you in the fact but, that we we do need to see some improvement in the next season. And right. I would like to see some improvement in the season in, in small things, right? Like positioning wise, like getting players in the right position. Not mm-hmm. Not that he's not coaching them to where they need to be the players aren't where they're being told they need to be you know what i mean yeah well i mean yeah it's additionally our defensive line has kind of didn't do that well this game and like we don't have depth either it's that's another thing and again patrick tony has inherited a mess on the defensive side of the ball that's not his fault however it is his job to fix that mess and if he can't fix it then he can't then that means he can't do his job now i again patience this thing takes time like uh, could you imagine how the scene would be if Grantham was still the DC? Like, um, probably might even be worse. Like, which might be hard for Gator fans to imagine, but I, I mean it. Like, um, 
so and I mean on the offensive side of the ball, it's funny where it's just like our, I think two of our absolute best players on offense are both Louisiana transfers. Yeah, like, Os- ability, Osiris ability, Torrance, who did not Osiris play Torrance this last week and was noticeable. He was out. Um, and, and Montreal Johnson, Montreal Johnson. Johnson, like those are two, two of our best players on offense, our most consistent best players on offense. They they were not recruited by the staff that before they Billy Napier yeah. brought them here. They would not have come here if Billy Napier didn't come here. Um, Correct. So, I don't know. It's, it's again, patience. Um, I just think – I don't even really think the LSU is that much better than Florida at the moment. I just think that Florida had the worst unit on the field. Florida's yeah, defense was the worst of the four units that took place on the field. I would argue that I – th- I would think Florida's offense might be the best unit that was put on the field. But it doesn't matter because they were so – the LSU offense um, – had such a better matchup going against the Florida defense mm-hmm. than the Florida offense had with the LSU defense. So yeah, I also I also think that um, Florida didn't get a chance to really do what they wanted to on offense, especially in the second half. They really had to change the way they play. This team is at their best when we run when they run the football offensively. When they when they run the football, when they're able to, you know, they came out to a hot start. Like doing they what did, they wanted to do. And that's to. fantastic. That's what you want to do. You always want to start off great. And that's a good sign because in the past, this season, we haven't seen the best starts. We've seen them kind of pick up as the Settle game goes on. Into games, yeah. Exactly. So to see them have that such a good start with that 51 yard touchdown pass to shorter, I thought that was a great message. And that was a great sign in the moment of what was to come. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition. But when you're down two scores, almost uh, three scores in the third quarter, and you have to start airing the ball out. This team, this team runs a great play action, right? They're not built for that. They're not built for that. So there are a lot of things that went wrong in that direction. I do want to ask one more question before we move on. Do you see, given that both of these programs are in their first year with a new coach, given these program that these programs are both, um, I would say LSU has less patience than Florida. I would say Florida definitely has more patience in terms of the institution of the program has more patience with Billy. Um, do you, I know, I know we don't have any regrets in terms of who we believe to be long-term, the better coach uh, to lead the program between Brian Kelly and, and um, Billy Napier. But do you see where people are coming from now in terms of maybe not wanting Maybe maybe wanting someone like a Brian Kelly who is going to get yeah. you those immediate results. Do, can you see that at least? Because I mean, I personally don't believe in it. I just want to kind of give that well, other no, side I mean, of the it, point. It's that situation where I think, yes, I think Billy. Here's the thing: we know what Brian Kelly is, so that's what you're banking on when you hire Brian Kelly. Is that you know what he is, and it's the thing he has been pretty much exactly what he's been. And you're sitting with Billy Napier, and I'm like, we think we know what he is, but he hasn't had a big-time job before, and you think he's a program builder. So you're taking the upside swing, and I believe in – because especially because of the recruiting, because he's much better recruiter than Brian Kelly. Um, I believe there is a brighter future ahead. Brian Kelly is more of an immediate results thing. And, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, it goes back to the um, you want the guy that you know versus the guy from up the school of Louisiana – um, almost every great head coaching hire in college football in most more recent history has been a version of the of a Billy Napier hire. Like um, that, you can't just keep recycling guys from the higher ups if they're not working out at their previous schools. Like so, 
But I mean, like this doesn't mean Brian Kelly, even at Notre Dame, he had bad seasons, but he also had like 10 win seasons. Like Brian Kelly is not going to fall, is not going to fall out from under him at LSU. Um, like immediately they're not going to, I don't think he's going to be worse, but is that thing where like, can Brian Kelly survive a four and eight season at LSU? I don't know. That's because the thing. He was given that question. leeway at Notre Dame. He could do that at Notre Dame because he did give them 10 win seasons. And while I don't think that is likely at LSU because the competition is so much steeper, Brian Kelly, I don't think is a bad coach. Like, I mean, he has won too many games played in college football playoffs and national championships. Like to, for me to say he's a bad coach. I don't think he is a great coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's that second he, tier. He's not going to yeah. win you a title, but he's definitely going to have you in the conversation. Like, and there's so much I, I don't, think, so much I don't like about Brian Kelly, but he right. does win games. Like <laughs> he does. Um, okay, you can't take that away from him. But is that thing? It's great for this season, and they're kind of getting a little bit better, mostly because they're facing opponents that are also struggling. Um, right. Like their wins are not very impressive to me. Um, yeah. Even us, like why? Like this is just being. I thought we were a better team than LSU. I am wrong. Mm-hmm. And even it, but even though me thinking we're a better team, I was like, yeah, but we aren't. We're not great. Like I just, um, flirt, I don't know. No, I get you. I get you. And you, you it's, it's a thing of, I don't we, think we Brian just... Kelly, I don't think Brian Kelly is long for LSU because I think eventually that four and eight type of season will come. And I don't think he can survive that season. Um, yeah, I would just rather the, 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 the potential stability that we can have with someone like Napier than the kind of. I need to win immediately right now that Brian Kelly is mm-hmm. kind of in mode in his career. You know, he's kind of done that whole long term at Notre Dame and he was never going to get fired from Notre Dame. He had to leave Notre Dame and he did. And so I just wanted to see that side of the conversation because I, I, I hear some people talking about how, oh, well, you know, we would have at least been winning and this and that. But, you know, we, we kind of did the short term win approach with McElwain and we did that approach with Dan Mullen. And clearly it's not Look. the most sustainable. I said this also to you over text, like, and because I saw this on Twitter as well. After seven games, we all thought McElwain and Mullen were the answer to our prayers. Yep. And were we right? We were not. We were not right. We were not right. And that is not to say that Billy Napier is because he's struggling in his first seven games. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is seven, not even a full college football season, is kind of too too little to judge a coach's future on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, we I we all thought Kirby Smart was going to be more the same as Mark Ricks after his first season when they went seven and five and lost to Vanderbilt. They won yeah, a national championship that. last year for the first that time was, in forty that years. Was, that was, I believe, his second or third college football playoff appearance. So, and get guess guess what he built his thing on recruiting. recruiting. Um, <laughs> now, does. Uh, he Kirby Smart, to, to his credit, is also like a great scheme guy on the defensive side. And I, th- mm-hmm. I, don't, I wouldn't put Billy Napier on the like excellent Mullen level schematics uh, of like offensive play calling, you know. Mm-hmm. But again, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I think again, the reason I'm so patient with this team is that the future looks like it will get better. We yeah. have a good recruit. We had a good recruiting class last year. We have a good recruiting class this upcoming year. Like recruiting looks like it's getting better. Like even in games that we lose, we're like getting commits that are four stars and five stars. Like yeah. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel, as opposed to previously. Like I agree, I agree, Tyler. But from from the future, we got to come back down to the present. Cool. And last cool. week with five wide, um, we had an interesting week in terms of you and I. Uh, our scorecard 
let's just jump right into it. Usually I would go in order because we like to put five wide in chronological order so you can have like a layout of the day. We're going straight to the 3.30, CBS Game of the Week. We're going straight to the Game of the Year. We're going straight to the Game of the Decade so far. Dare I say, Tyler, dare I say, Tennessee 52, Alabama 49. Just an incredible football game, Tyler. Um, I I have questions for the first time. I have I have questions about Nick Saban, and I won't say this. I don't I don't mean I know Tyler. You just made the big eyes at me. I don't mean that I, the dynasty's over and I'm sounding the alarm. Yeah. What I mean is you got Jameer Gibbs, um, and he's shown that he could you know be pretty successful running the football, getting three or four yards at a time, and you're you know pretty getting down close to the wire. You could run the football and force Tennessee to take their timeouts and then maybe get a closer kick and then this and that. But instead, you throw the ball three times, um, setting up a kick, which, again, the only way that Nick Saban loses football games, ladies and gentlemen, is if the kicker makes a mistake. And unfortunately, it seems to be his Achilles heel. Um, Alabama kickers are back. Alabama kickers are back, baby. Uh, This was a fantastic game. Start to finish. Tennessee goes up early. They're feeling themselves at Nayland Stadium. Alabama does the expected and comes back and makes it a game. And then in the second half, they're going back and forth. Tennessee gifted Alabama seven points with a fumbled exchange on an option play with Hendon Hooker and his running back. And the Alabama defender just kind of picked it up and walked in the end zone. There was everything. And this is the Stefan of college football. There was everything. Just incredible football game. Tyler, what were yeah. your thoughts on this game? Oh, we should also mention Tyler picked Tennessee. So he gets the points. Feels uh, dirty, but I'll take it. Um, it, it. It was weird. It, it was really weird. What did you think uh, of this game? Uh, my thoughts. Um, my number one thought is Hendon Hooker for Heisman. Um, he's got to be the. I mean, he's got to be the Heisman front runner at this point, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, can't think of anyone. I don't know anyone who throws a better deep ball. But um, this game was just incredible to watch. Tennessee came out swinging, kept going the full time. I do think their defense has issues uh, because. Alabama also hit right back. And this is with Bryce Young playing. And again, he I don't think he's fully healthy. Um, that's not an excuse, but that is an explanation. Um I mean, this was just I don't this was just a good game. Like it was a great game. And I think I mean Tennessee's for real. No one can argue that. They beat Alabama for the first time. Tennessee in is for real this season. Yes, we'll I will get I'm to that. You. Yes. Now we'll it's, it's, this, it's the same situation. It's my same thing with UCLA, where I'm like, "Cool." When Hendon Hooker's not here throwing those deep balls, is this gonna work? Um, I'm also Tyler. I'm also old enough to remember when Hendon Hooker could not win the starting job at Virginia Tech, transferred to Tennessee, could not win the starting job at Tennessee. The quarterback in Heupel's first year last season, forget his name, he goes down. Hooker steps in and then ends up having a good season. Sometimes it just takes time, people. Okay. Sometimes yeah. it just takes time for players cool. to develop and get their feet under them. And I'm happy for Hendon Hooker. I agree with you. I think he's got one of the best deep balls in college football today. Um, he went toe to toe with the presumed number one overall pick in next year's draft and Bryce Young, um, defending Heisman winner. Both of those guys will probably be at the Heisman ceremony in December. Fantastic players, a great football game. Um, I, I do want to ask you the Alabama question because. We said I, yeah, this I was going to get that to that. So I was, yeah, ask me the question. The, so the question is, we have been in this situation before. 
where Alabama loses a close game and you and I, our default setting is I'm not going to panic. It's one game. Saban will come back. And he typically does. Now, this is not one time that Alabama has over 15 penalties in a game. This is now twice in the same season. They were lucky to escape the game against Texas. We both think that if Quinn Ewers plays in that game, they're winning that football game and or doesn't get hurt, I should say. This is now twice in a season, and this I've seen, a think, a big enough sample size this year. I'm not declaring the dynasty over. I'm not saying it's over, but I will say this is the first time, this is the closest I have felt to feeling like there is going to be a change in the guard in terms of Alabama being this incredible juggernaut that no one can take down. We saw them lose to Georgia. We've seen them lose to Ohio State in the past. We've seen them lose these football games. And they, is lost it, Cle- they lost Clemson multiple times. Lost to Clemson they lost, both now, times. Like, is this is this now, the beginning? Like, they lost Texas A&M last year, and not a good Texas A&M team. Too. No, they barely um, beat this one. This, this Texas A&M team. I think we are in the era of undisciplined Bama, which is very strange to me. Um, We've never lived in that era before. We never lived in that era. Well, it's like, and there, there's no one in the world I bet against. Uh, there's no, I would not count Nick Saban out in any situation. Um, but it is one of those things where I'm curious because. Last couple of years, especially, but definitely this year, it's like Bama just it seems undisciplined. Maybe maybe it's the type – they're still recruiting at a high level, but maybe there's not as much buy-in. Maybe the staff is a little different. Like Nick Saban can't do everything. Um, but it is that thing like Nick Saban teams keep, are making mistakes that they don't typically make, that other high-profile teams with high-profile recruits that, can, that tend to be undisciplined, they make those mistakes. Alabama never makes those mistakes. I bet I was making those mistakes right now. Um, and it's the thing. It's like they're drinking their own Kool-Aid without having actually really earned it at all. Um, Mac Jones is the last quarterback to to win a championship at Alabama. So, like, I mean, that was just – that was their last quarterback. Right, but, right. That's their last one. But it's but. that weird thing where, like, they, like, so it's been, like, two, three years. I don't, I don't know. I just – it this I don't know. I have a theory. There's there's a humility. There's a there's a lethal humility that Bama has always uh, carried with them, mm-hmm. of like a dangerous humbleness to it yeah. that I don't feel with this team. I have a like, I have a theory, Tyler. Yeah. So my theory: Alabama rose to prominence in the late two thousand, late aughts, I should say. Um, behind Saban's defense, ball control. That was one style of football. That was Alabama 1.0. Then when they started to notice that things were slacking, right, that other teams were catching up, other teams were doing what they were doing, Not maybe not as good, but good enough to kind of get them, we got the famous Saban, is this what we want football to be? Because if we want this, this is what we want football to be. I will do this. And he did. Uh, and, and he perfected went. it. Yeah. And he dominated. Now... Like you said, we're in an era of a bit more undisciplined Bama. Um, I don't want to be the guy that's like the NIL and the money and the players. No, and no, not no, discipl- no, 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 none of that. But what I will say is that now that other teams seem to have caught up to Alabama, not just schematically, but I think in infrastructure, that's the key, I think. They're catching up to Bama in infrastructure. Georgia and Ohio State excuse me, Georgia and Ohio State have those infrastructures. A&M, for as much as we make fun of them because they don't produce results, infrastructure-wise, they're on that same plane. 
Billy Napier is creating the infrastructure as we as it's happening right now. Other programs throughout the country have that. In, Oregon has something similar to this. USC is probably going to have this with under Lincoln Riley. He just left the machine he had at Oklahoma. With all of these improvements in the Texas too, Texas, Texas, too. of course, with the gaps shortening in terms of infrastructure, what can Nick Saban and Alabama do to separate themselves once again and kind of extend this incredibly long window that is already an all timer? You know what I mean? I'm not so sure I see another move yeah. to make. I can see the schematic move, right? I can see the infrastructure move. But now that those things have been caught up nationwide for the most part, at least in terms of resources and yeah. and schematically everyone's for, running for those a long time everybody was you know trying I mean? to co- a long time everybody was trying to copy Bama and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And now it's like now I mean it's it takes it's taking a lot of tries. But now it seems to be like People are finding the right coaches. People are fi- that actually can replicate it in a way. Like no one's they're saving, trusting their systems. But like Kirby's actually working. Jimbo is work. We always Jimbo had been working. Um, Sarkeesian seems to be working at Texas. Like um, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure I'd call Napier at Bama like a, a Saban disciple necessarily. Um, but like no, but he, but he, he is definitely trying to implement a similar yeah uh, CEO looking over yeah delegating type system for so sure. i think part of, and i think about another thing that you have to think about here is that there's the coaching clinic aspect of it um that alabama in the last couple of years has become like the oh i got fired let me go be an analyst at alabama for a while which mm-hmm. is an edge that they had for so long but now i think that door is rotating a little too much mm-hmm. you think that might be a part of it i feel like it the might staff, be the staff is just turning over too much there to be stability. it might be that was, but I, that was the whole thing then clemson was winning those all those games that clemson had zero turnover and that mm-hmm. was part of the reason they won now i'm not saying that that's related to undisciplinedness but I, but similar tyler similar to napier know. where we talk about how it's maybe not all on patrick tony because the players are not executing there's a certain point where 17 penalties doesn't fall on the coordinators you know what i mean no. 17 penalties oh, gonna fall on the players and on top of that you still got Nick Saban in charge. Like there's still the overarching, yeah. you know, voice over looking over everything, you know, the, the most, and that's the thing where it's like the most rational and most realistic thing is that maybe the hundred or so players that are on Alabama's roster are, they're just more undisciplined ones than, than they were previous years. Maybe they just, yeah, the makeup definitely. of this team just isn't quite, because I think people always try to fight. Cause we do it too. People always try to like, try to figure this stuff out like the science i'm like you also have to remember there's a about a hundred you know 18 to 24 year olds yeah that are mostly responsible for what happens on that field mm-hmm. in reality like coaching and, it's, and scheme it's a matter feat. a lot it's, the players are the ones who play the games yeah and i'm like it, it's just like that's just so many variables yeah i mean it's Maybe a feat that, of wonder that they're you know, they're they're even able to kind of listen and be disciplined for the most part, you know, like imagine how much they couldn't be disciplined without that anyway. But mm-hmm. I know we spent a lot of time on this game specifically, but we need to spend some time on Tennessee, actually. I because, agree. Like completely. Um, we just talked a lot about Alabama who lost this game. First of mm-hmm. all, full bias aside, good for Tennessee. Like it does. Yeah. You know, I am happy for them that fans can get a win like that. This is huge because Tennessee was like one of the few teams that Nick Saban had never lost to. Um, this team's for real, in so facto only in a. Now, be everybody holds your breath when I when I say this. I don't mean the the blasphemy that this is going to be. 
it has the say it um it has the joe burrow year feel to it where it's just like it kind of doesn't matter what the defense is and the defense wasn't bad the joe burrow year because this offense is is just operating at a level that can't be stopped (coughs) now do i think that tennessee is unbeatable no alabama just proved that they could almost beat them florida almost beat them like actually most teams have almost beat tennessee um tennessee went to overtime against pittsburgh um I can make so many jokes about that. Uh, but <laughs> they've, Tennessee's been getting better. I'm fascinated when they play Georgia because Georgia has a much better defense. But I don't I don't know if in a shootout, I don't think Georgia can keep up with them. And then it's like, I'm not ready to be like, oh, Tennessee's going to the playoff. Because like Tennessee, it, it feels like it's either going to be Tennessee or Georgia out of the East. They'll probably have to face Bama again without home field advantage. And if they don't, the only other option I really see is Ole Miss, who can also score a bajillion points. Um, yeah. So I'm not ready to kind of crown them just yet, but this is a step forward in a way that Tennessee has not had in maybe a decade. Yeah, like the year they beat Florida, the first year they beat Florida for the first time, the Josh Dobbs senior year, that was pretty good. But it, I think this feels more at real. Yeah, me. it does um, feel more real. I, I'm not. I, I do think yet. the defense. Not... I do think the defense is going to get them. Uh-huh. You know, I do think the defense is going to is going to get them. I agree about the offense. My thing with Tennessee, and again, I completely agree with you. Give them all the credit in the world. They deserve this win. The fans, the program, everyone, the locker, everyone deserves that. Fantastic. Pat yourselves on the back for real. Seriously. I just don't think this is sustainable long term. Okay. If you're familiar with Josh Heupel's tenure at UCF, which I am. So am I. It peaked in the first year. Now, granted, this is peaking in the second year, but the first year last season was very much a, we got a lot of stuff going on here behind the scenes. Let's kind of just get it together. Jeremy Pruitt did not leave them in a good situation. No, Um, no, no, no. And credit to Josh Heupel for being able to get them to this point. But I just don't see, unless they really do fix those um that defensive problems because you kind of in passing said, I don't think the LSU defense was that bad in 2019. It was Tyler. The difference is that they had really good players on that defense. They just weren't executing. They had a lot of draft picks that came from that defense and they're doing really well, doing really well in the league. I don't see that here in this, in this. I don't see that in this, right? Maybe some guys names will be elevated because they're playing on this team, but I just don't see it being this like elite thing. I do think that they can get got, um, and listen, if they make the playoff, if they make the SEC championship game, good for them because I agree with you about that Georgia situation. Schematically, it does favor Tennessee, in my opinion, even though Georgia has one of the best defenses in the country. Um, so it's for me, it's I'm I'm walking tepidly. You know, I'm being they, very they careful. They still have a long road ahead. I mean, they, they have beat the best team on their schedule right now. Mm-hmm. That's true. They did it. Congratulations. It was an incredible game. Context aside, it was just an incredible game. Um, Mm -hmm. Electric environment. You will likely have to face that team again. Um, You also likely, you have to face Georgia. I don't know who else they have on their schedule in between that, but like, say you beat Georgia and you beat Alabama again, you would still need to go win two games in the playoff against uh, high college teams. And you would need to play Alabama in a neutral site against a team that's you have already they've already managed yeah and that's Bryce a big deal Bryce Young might be healthier I, exactly see, there's a long road ahead but this mm-hmm. this was a they're for real win 
because well, I think I think had, the had fact they lost that we're game, having I've been like, cool, Tennessee's good, but they're they're not that good. Like, um, right. Well, I think the fact that we're having this conversation at all in like a serious tone is indicative of Tennessee yeah. being legit. The fact that we're like legitimately talking about conference championships and playoff appearances is a legit compliment hey, to them. I really do believe that. There, there is a world that is not too far off from the one that we live in. That I, where Tennessee this year wins a national championship. It's sick. Yeah. I don't want to live in that world, but it is an not. actual possibility. Like, um, right? It is. It is. It is true. And I think the last point, and we'll move on. But I think that the celebration, as beautiful as it was, you would think they won the national championship on Saturday night. Yeah, but like, but beating Alabama is pretty huge for that. I completely agree. I'm just saying, looking forward. They've only won six games or seven games, I think. Seven games. Like yeah. they, they're still there's some letdown team, potential. Many teams, many seven or no teams have fallen apart. <laughs> I would like, I would. All I'm saying is, I would like to know what the spread is on Saturday for UT Martin. I'm not saying they lose the game. I'm they saying, won't lose that game. I'm saying the cover might be in my favor. Just By the way, A plus saying. scheduling Tennessee. Uh, KD, a plus. A plus. Oh, yeah. Don't yeah like. Absolutely. Yeah, help help your team out. <laughs> um, All right, let's let's run through these five wides uh, so we can get to next week's game. So that was, of course, Tennessee, Bama. Tyler gets the point there. Michigan, forty-one. Penn State, seventeen. We both picked Michigan. This was sort of kind of a game in the first half. There was a defensive touchdown that really put tennis uh, Penn State back in position, and then Michigan came out of, at the half and went, "We're we're good, we're good, guys. You guys got the warm we're up out of the way. We're good. We go run right the ball." Um, exactly. So we both get those points there. Michigan is um, good, and also their schedule is a cakewalk. <laughs> yep. They really don't play anyone until Thanksgiving. Moving forward, Oklahoma State 40, TCU 43 in double overtime. Tyler gets the point. Just a fantastic game. It's unfortunate that this game was taking place at the same time as Bama right? and Tennessee. Any other I week, was, this would be the game of the week. So I was at a friend's engagement barbecue. Congrats to my friend Ben. My friends Ben and Kendall. They're getting married in January. We were having, we're at their we're at their parents' house. Had whatever. There was one television, and I literally, literally mean everyone in the fourth quarter was watching Tennessee Bama. Every I was so proud. Like every single person there was watching. Great time. But my friend Sean had his phone out, and he had the the overtime game. of Oklahoma state. And I was game. positioned myself perfectly to be able to watch the big game, but also kind of do that little look down to his phone. And he would kind of nudge me when things were going on. And it was, it was good. So I watched that overtime of this game. This was fun. This was a good game. Um, TCU and Max Duggan are for real. Um, Sonny Dykes has them playing some good, exciting football, a lot of screen passes that just kind of took off yards after catch, but Points are points and yards are yards. TCU's so. got some good players. Uh, Quentin Johnson, he's mm-hmm. he's 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 a high draft pick in my opinion. Um, I I was I I have been saying that the Big Twelve runs through Stillwater. I'm, I think after this game, it's got to run through Fort Worth. It just it just does. What a what a what a journey this season has gone through. And where I know the, the, the starting 12, from the Norman Big train is going all <laughs> it's going all the way around. Like, it started in Norman. It it checked flights for Austin at halftime of the Bama game, and then it didn't end up going. But then it went to Stillwater. It was amazing. It was it's been a great season for the Big Twelve. Um. We Tyler gets the point on that one. He picked TCU, NC State nine, Syracuse twenty four. Um, O'Leary is his last name. Mm. He, um, he NC State quarterback, done for the year, probably done for his career because he's got some NFL prospects. Um, so NC State season is kind of 
de facto done. Not really done, but, but I still on. got, you know, um, the guys in there got stuff to play for. But in terms of a ACC champion, the ceiling is different, though. The ceiling. Yeah. I mean, they've already, they've already lost to Clemson. And exactly. Also, I mean, exactly. uh, I forgot that Garrett Trader was the Syracuse back quarterback. So I actually felt way <laughs> yes. better about I felt way better about that. I'm like, oh, a former starting quarterback. Um, yes, exactly. Someone with actual experience. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I feel good about picking Syracuse. Uh, and credit to Syracuse. They're undefeated as well. They're going to host Clemson this weekend. We'll talk about that in five wide. So credit to them. Tyler gets the point there. And then Tyler, just another incredible football game. The late night. USC 42, Utah 43. I get the point on that one. Incredible. It comes down to a two-point conversion. Um, I want to say something real quick. At the end of this game, USC was driving. Uh, Utah ends up getting an interception, and they're running around, whatever, and the clock goes down to eight seconds, but the clock operator like accidentally stopped it early, so it should have been down to like four but then afterwards, there was like a flag on the play and um, they call back the intercept. No, it wasn't that they call back the interception. It was that in the middle of the play, Tyler, tell me if you've ever heard this before. In the middle of the play, the official said that Lincoln Riley called a timeout before the interception. Come on. Like- so they r- took away the interception. And they put moved the clock from eight instead of eight down to like four or five, which is what I was just counting in my head. So not official, but what it should have been, they give them time back to, and they put 13 seconds on the clock. Like, thankfully, Utah won this game. And so, like, it was kind Pac-12 of incidental. Suck, man. Seriously, suck. like it like, was incidental at the end of the day. But I was shocked because I was quite he deserved to lose after that. <laughs> Tyler, has have you ever heard of someone I've calling never, a timeout never heard in the middle happening. of a play? Is that allowed? No. Like, what's going on here? I don't, I don't know. It was I know there's always, like, a delay because, like, coaches would be like, dah, 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 dah. right. Um, and people will, like, kind of stop it. But, like, in the middle of a play. What, that's the that's what the ball referee cannot be said. Leaving the ball cannot have left the QB's hands before, like, you. There's no way. No, no, no. You can't no snap. You have to call before it. Because if yeah. that's the case, like, if Sometimes, if I know my quarterback's about to get sacked, I'll just be like, oh, no, no, timeout. Nope, nope. That's not going to happen. Yeah, timeout. That's not happening. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I do have one short story. Um, This entire story has one massive allegedly stamped on it. I just want to point that out. (laughs) A massive allegedly. All caps allegedly. All caps allegedly tattooed on the face of this story. No regrets. Not a single letter. Um, So we're watching the game. We get back from the aforementioned barbecue. And it's my friend Matt, his wife Carson, Alexa, my girlfriend, myself, our friend Igor, and Alexa's brother Vincent. And Vincent, allegedly, has been known to partake in some gambling of sports, allegedly. And so he he got there, and I think Utah was down like a touchdown with like six minutes left. And so he looked at his account, and he saw his account ended in 60. So he said he looked at the live lines. It was like plus 180 for Utah to win. They were at home. They had the ball. They were driving. He goes – yeah, okay, I'll throw $60 on that. To, it, it, it was looking good. It was looking good. So he throws 60 Great, wonderful. He keeps going, whatever. Utah scores, and again, there's like 30 seconds left. Utah scores, and as they announce that they're going for two, which, by the way, great decision by Kyle Whittingham because a, a plus. they were not going to win the game if they went to overtime. You, no, you, you have trust, coach trust, to win the game, players, not to not. Players. Exactly, exactly. Trust your players, and – 
as we're waiting for the two point, I think USC, someone called the timeout to kind of look over the play. And during the timeout, Vincent looks to us and goes, so guys, I have a confession to make. We go, what's up? He goes, so, um, and he tells us how he looked at the clock and he said, I'm going to put 60. He says, but um, I accidentally clicked the double zero instead of the zero. And I bet $600 on the live Utah money line. So I really need this two point conversion. <laughs> and in that moment, I mean, I had Utah for five wide. <laughs> I know, I know. I had Utah for five wide. So I was like, okay, I want Utah to get this two point. He said that to me and I stood up. And it was as if my body was just, I was like, all right, we need this. We, we need this. We need <laughs> this two-point conversion now. <laughs> allegedly, 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 allegedly. So they end up getting the two-point conversion. <laughs> USC doesn't win the game. Tyler, you're st- still laughing his, his butt off. It's incredible. The, I accidentally clicked double zero, and now I need this two-point so, Okay, so on the site that he uses, there's a zero and there's oh, a I double really- zero, but they're two separate buttons, but they're next to each other. So he, he yeah, legitimately nothing. accidentally hit double zero, and he That's instead incredible. of betting 60, he accidentally bet 600. That, so he wins incredible. the bet. He wins close to like $1,000 because, the, you know, the plus odds and stuff. Game ends and he goes, all right, guys, you guys want to go get some McDonald's? I'm buying. We're like, yeah, yeah, you're buying, dude. <laughs> so we went and got double cheeseburgers on Vince. Thanks, Vincent. Oh, my gosh. Alleg- it was funny, man. We, of course. Allegedly. allegedly well, the, the cheeseburgers were not allegedly. We actually, the cheeseburgers was, happened. Yes, those happened. But allegedly, that's what happened. So that was – um. I texted him yesterday. I was like, hey, can I tell the story on my podcast? It's too good. He was like, yeah, yeah. So go ahead. So got his permission, got his blessing on that. Love you, Vincent. Oh, my gosh. All right. So um, I got the point on that one. Our two points, Tyler picked Kansas to beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma won 52 to 42. Tragic. Um, I watched most. I watched the first half of this game and some of the second half because I had to get going. Um, Dylan Gabriel's really good. Yes. Really, really good quarterback, and um, he is kind of what's holding this Oklahoma team in this transitionary year. It's yeah. very obvious he is what's keeping them together in that sense. So, additionally, if Jalen Daniels plays, oh, Kansas, Kansas wins this game. <laughs> uh, you're not gonna get a disagreement from me here, buddy. So, uh, I feel okay with taking the L on this one because I was like, cool, they didn't get they lost by ten points. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah. it's good. It's good. It's right. good. It was good. It was good. And then my two point, Tyler, came on Thursday night. Why watch the Washington football team? Because I refuse to say their other name. Or they are the Washington football team to us always. Take on the morbid Denver Broncos. No, why it watch? Was, it was the Chicago Bears. It was the Bears. I'm so sorry. I could not tell the difference. They were just, wearing just straight orange. I was like, it looked like the Broncos. Well, you know, Justin Fields was out there looking like Russell Wilson this season, and clearly the offenses just both are not good. So why watch the Bears and Washington when you can watch West Virginia beat Baylor 43-40? to 40? Just – I shot my shot baby. last week, and it went in, and I'm so proud of myself. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just so Country proud roads. of myself. Country roads, baby. To the SEC. <laughs> that tweet was incredible. I will, trade I, said them, Tyler, I will trade them from Missouri so fast. Oh, <laughs> in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, we'll all make that trade. You kidding me? Oh, man. Okay, the total for five wide, we're still at a four-point difference. 
Tyler like smoked me on the five wide games themselves, but the the four point swing on me getting the two point and you not getting the two point was really really big on me. So it's twenty six to twenty two. So much different, and all it ended up doing was keep the score exactly the same. Exactly the same. <laughs> exactly the same. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Uh, twenty six twenty four. I'm sorry. Twenty six twenty two. I'm not giving myself extra points there. I apologize. Uh, Tyler is up. Let's look at um, the week seven quick takeaways, the non five wide games. I put on here the Deion Sanders 60 minutes interview. Did you see that? No. Okay. I watched it. It's pretty good. Recommend it. But the biggest thing was they straight up asked him if a power five job comes calling and they straight up say, name your price, would you go? And his answer was, I would have to entertain that offer. So, which yes. tells me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, the which answer, tells yes. me. This is Deion Sanders' last season at Jackson State because you don't say that on broadcast television. Deion Sanders to Auburn. I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying yes. I Deion do think he Sanders would be a, versus Nick Saban in the Iron Bowl. I'm, I'm not saying that he would win any of those, but it would be fun to watch. Uh, it, it would be an entertaining week of uh, leading up to the game. I will say that. Mm-hmm. It'll be a fun Thanksgiving conversation. Absolutely. Um, I just wanted to point that out so that when people see Deion Sanders' name heavily linked to multiple jobs this offseason, you know. You know. Um, all right, some non-five wide games to recap. UCF demolished Temple on Thursday night, 70-13. to 13. That was – with, with the, the best uniforms of the season of any program. We got we to gotta admit that, right? The space uniforms. Oh, they're, yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Get out of here. Those are those are elite uniforms. I cannot believe no. You you force me to do this, Tyler. You purposely undersell things to force me to have to defend them, and then all of a sudden, I'm the one who's in the bag with all the G5 programs. (laughs) Do this to me every time, just because I'm like, "Eh." no, they're really good. They're really. (laughs) I don't like. They were really good. I don't. Well, I I only push back because I think it was funny when like Purdue also did space team uniforms. UCF fans got mad, like they invented space or something. Um, <laughs> like they invented space. Like you do not oh. own space. <laughs> um, Wouldn't it be funny if like but, one day some uh-huh. those uniforms are awesome? Yeah, <laughs> um, they the are. Constellation they ones, are. hell yeah. Wouldn't it be oh. funny if one day, like uh, a UCF alum from like the '60s, just kind of like got so angry that he accidentally was like, "You don't get it. They filmed the moon landing at UCF." And you're like, "Wait, what? Hold on. What'd you say?" Oh man! For Sorry, the record, I, I do believe we landed on the moon. I'm not me one too, of those. Me too. But it just, would be funny. Like the jokes would be good. The jokes thing, would be good. Here's the thing: most of the world. And the United mm. States specifically would be crazy insane. Then there's a small group of the population in the United States of college football fans that would just be like, "Oh, this is funny though. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is good. This is uh, good." Also, to that mention, uh, Stanford 16, Notre Dame 14. Yes, that was on that on that list. Oh. Um, Marcus Freeman presented presented without comment. <laughs> that is the best way to put it. Presented without comment, and we will move forward. <laughs> uh, Clemson 34, FSU 28. Um, Clemson, I think, scored 14 points in the middle eight, yeah. which that'll do it. 
was I think uh, FSU came out swinging. Clemson took their best punch, and they were up ten at halftime, getting the ball back um, in the third. And quarter. at that point, it's I, a wrap. DJ, DJ Uyunglele just continues to play better. Texas twenty four, Iowa State twenty one, and this was a game like yeah. Texas was uh, getting getting a little scared. I should say is this. Yeah, well, word. I mean, credit to them that they were able to weather the storm. Um, mm-hmm. So that it's that thing. Um, Iowa State's still a tough out, yep. even though they're not that good this year. They're still a tough out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Arkansas fifty two, BYU thirty five. Uh, I'm done discussing BYU. They make me sick. <laughs> they do. I was so in on them to start, and I really oh, rode with them for about a month but and a half. You. <laughs> nothing but betray me. But I will say the redeeming quality right here is that we are an Arkansas Razorbacks podcast once again. We rise from the ashes. Absolutely. That's, we I, rise I from the ashes. It's just like, on, yeah, on the flip side, I'm not done yet with Arkansas. Um, <laughs> I'm not done with them. Um, uh, yeah. I will say Washington beat Arizona 49-39. to 39. The note here is that Arizona scored 39 points. Quite surprised. Quite surprised. Michael, Michael Panis Jr. had 516 passing yards. So, I mean, I guess well, that's cool. If, if we were this still was fantasy, fantasy, that'd be incredible. That would be, that'd be incredible. Like, <laughs> it's not. North Carolina beat Duke 38-35, uh, last second drive. I watched the last minute of this game because I was like, oh, they're about to lose to Duke, and this is a football game. And then I went on, and I looked at it, and I watched it, and Drake May, man, just really good quarterback. Good, good college quarterback. He's he good. is just like Dylan Gabriel's holding together Oklahoma. Drake May is holding together North Carolina. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Last one, Tyler. A game near and dear to our hearts. Oregon State 24, Washington State 10. This is a Beavers podcast, for the record. Uh, also, yeah, Beavers podcast. Um, well, there's Beavers a world. Arkansas podcast, Beavers podcast. I think those are the three this season that we got. Yeah. Uh, additionally, there is a world, I think, where Oregon State might win the Pac-12 North. Um, That's not inconceivable. Well, there's no divisions this season. They're, they're organized, but remember, it's just the top two Pac-12 teams playing in the conference championship. That was announced before the season started. So, Gotcha. Yeah. So they're not going to play in the title game, but... Unfortunate. I forgot about that. They should hang a banner, though, if they win the defunct Pac-12 North. I would <laughs> love it. I would love to see it. Um, cool. All right. That's, that's it on. for non five wise That's it for non five wise as we said, Florida, we are on a bye week, so we will we not will be discussing still, that this week. We will still find a way to give up points. <laughs> I don't know, man. The spread's, spread's only two and a half, so you never know. Mm-hmm. You never know with the bye week. Quickly, let's go through these five wide, Tyler. It's not the most intriguing week compared to last week. You know, it's not going to be the best one in that sense, but still some fun games. Five ranked matchups. Uh, starting off at noon Eastern on ABC, we have Syracuse taking on Clemson. Um Syracuse is number 14. Clemson is number five. Uh, you get the first pick, Tyler, because I get the first pick on two point. Um, um, what is it? Yeah. What do you got? I'm going to go with Clemson. I'm not going to spend too much time debating about it because as much as I like believed in uh, Syracuse you know, last week, mm-hmm. um, Clemson's actually pretty good this year. And, I agree. And yeah. the game is in Death Valley, so it's not in oh, the yeah, so formerly known as a carrier dome. Absolutely not. I will, I will join you in that sentiment, Tyler. But great run for Syracuse so far. Seriously, yeah. great run for Syracuse so far. Really, really happy for them. 
Number nine, UCLA taking on number 10, Oregon. It's a 3.30 kickoff on Fox. It is also the site of college game day. I love when game day goes out west because you get the like dark uh, no, morning yeah. shots because they because they, they film live. So it's, a, it's 5 a.m. Yeah, exactly. It's why, 5, why, 6 in the morning. That's why I haven't watched game day like <laughs> a year. <laughs> I know. I know. I feel bad. Um, I think, Tyler, personally, this is the game – this is the game where UCLA, I don't want to say gets exposed, but this is where they suffer one of their few losses this season. Um, I like Oregon as a whole. I think that they're still a talented football team, and I think that that loss to Georgia really was kind of tainted the narrative around them. Yeah, um, they're not that bad. They're not. No, they're, they're not. not. They're not. Yeah. They went up against the defending national champion in a head coach's first game in Atlanta, and Bo Nix, he got and he got a bad Bo Nix performance. It's not going to happen when that when all those things happen. So, I'll take Oregon. What about you? Who do you got? Uh, I like that pick. I'm going to disagree with you though. I'm going to go with UCLA because, mm, like, okay. you know, I do think they're going to slip up, but I I'm excited to watch this shootout. And if 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 I have to force Bo Nix into a shootout, I'm going to take Dorian Thompson Robinson. I you know what I I like that mentality. I just I'm surprised at how much confidence you have on, with UCLA going on the oh. road to Oregon. Oh, you mistake oh. confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say I believe in UCLA, but I do think I, I think there are there are offenses explosive. So it's one of those things where like um, yeah. I think that I think that carries. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm, so I agree. We'll see. Number 20, Texas, taking on number 11, Oklahoma State, 330 kickoff on ABC. Now, one would think that the result against Iowa State would kind of hinder people people's expectations on Texas, but they ended up ranked. Quinn Ewers is still there, and you get the first pick, Tyler. And so I ask you, who do you have in this game? After suffering that tough loss, I do think Oklahoma State bounces back. Um, okay. Because I do believe in Texas uh, in mm-hmm. regards to like them being good and like they're I don't think they're back or anything yet, but like they're clearly on the right path in a way that is not fake, in my opinion. Agreed. But I do think Oklahoma State is a better team right now. Yep, um, completely agree. Completely so agree. Really- but I do think they are the better team. But I think that this is Sark's like statement moment. You know? Oh, I I do I do I think that the I mean it's hard to say that forty nine to nothing against Oklahoma and Red River isn't a statement. But I think that this he he dominated Oklahoma the Oklahoma game. The next week, they stumbled against Iowa State, but they were able to get across the goal line, right? They, they, a win is a win, right? They, a win is a win. They'll take it. I think this week is the week that Texas really starts to talk to themselves and say, hey, guys, you know, we, we only lost by one point to Alabama. Like, we're still in this. We, we can still – all of our goals for this season are still achievable. And I think Quinn Ewers now in his third game back from injury – I think we'll be able to settle in, and, and I think we'll we'll give that Oklahoma State defense some trouble. I think this is one of the like we are a brand games. They kind of got that bad road loss out of the out of the way with Texas Tech. I don't know, man. I, I have some points again to to catch up on you. I really I have to catch up on you wow. in five wide. And I think this is one of those situations where I don't feel horrible picking Texas. I, I think, like I've said before, Oklahoma State I think is right now in this moment the better football team. Um, and for a long time, I said that the Big 12 is going to run through Stillwater, but they're not playing TCU this week. 
I, I think that Texas can kind of respond. I think Texas can kind of rally themselves around. What, what's going to be really interesting to see with Texas going forward, not just this season, but into next season, is their mental fortitude and how they can kind of insulate themselves and, and focus on what's at hand and keep all that, you know, the coach cliche, all the outside noise outside, you know? So I have to catch up on you, catch up points on you. So I'm going to use this opportunity to try that out. I'll take Texas. Understood. Cool. Moving on. Number 24, Mississippi State taking on number six, Alabama, seven Eastern on ESPN. I feel bad for Mike Leach. I feel bad for Mississippi State. The game is at Bryant Denny. Just put our initials next to Bama, Tyler. You already know what the principal says Uh, that we should do. I would like to say that I have several friends that I've talked to this week that earnestly believe that Alabama is going to get got by Mississippi State's passing attack. And what I will say to them uh, uh, is uh, what kind of drugs are you smoking? Because that sounds good. Oh, uh, man. I, was, any, I will say this: is, if anyone is remotely injured from Mississippi State, they should shit out this game. Um, I, I, I will say this, Tyler: if they do get got, we need to have a legitimate Alabama oh. conversation next week, like like a legitimate Bama conversation. Yeah, but, but I, I, I don't see that happening at all. Neither do I. I, 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 ju- I just can't see that happening. They lost. Neither Mississippi do State I. lost to Kentucky last week. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then the last game in five wide, number 17, Kansas State, taking on number eight, TCU, eight o'clock kickoff on FS1. Tyler, you get the first pick on this one. Who do you have? Because this is, this looks to be a fun matchup. Um, I just caught myself believing in TCU, and I do believe in them. However, mm-hmm. coming off that emotional overtime win, I think Kansas State is the perfect team to come in and get and get them. You know? Like, uh-huh. I believe I believe Kansas State has the blueprint, the like rushing attack, the toughness to come in and kind of knock TCU back. I would not be surprised if TCU uh, just absolutely um, destroyed Kansas State, but I'm going to pick Kansas State um, because I could see that happen coming off of a big win. I don't see this as a bad pick, Tyler. I think I think your logic is sound. I just really like what I saw last week out of TCU. And honestly, what I've seen in the past few weeks out of TCU, um, I'll take the Horn Frogs, the Big 12 front runners. But again, this conference is wide open. It's it's a lot of fun. I can see uh, Kansas State beating TCU, and I can see Adrian Martinez playing a really good game because he's been playing really good for Kansas State this season. They're using him really, really well. So I'll take TCU, but I can see a world where you are 100% correct. So um two point moving forward i get the first pick on two point tyler i am doubling down on my philosophy that texas a&m is not a good as good of a football team as people think we're no don't tell me you were gonna take that game were you gonna take that game i wasn't gonna take that game but i i just i i did look at it Okay, <laughs> you flirted with it. You had a little eye on I it. With it. But I was like, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. It's just funny to hear you that you're going to. I am. I am taking South Carolina to beat Texas A&M at home, 7:30 kickoff on the SEC Network. I think Shane Beamer is feeling himself after some unexpected wins, and this is what he does, man. This is what he does. He's gonna. I think he's gonna catch him. A&M slipping, and I cannot wait if this happens for the conversation on Texas A&M next week. Because if Texas A&M loses on the road to South Carolina, oh boy, someone check the price of oil because we need to have a legitimate conversation about Texas A&M's contract with Jimbo Fisher as well. That 
<laughs> Somebody check the price of oil. That's incredible. Um, Who do you got? I like that. I like that. Um, so let's see. You got South Carolina over Texas A&M? Oof. Yes, I do. That's a, you're putting a lot of faith in Spencer Rattler. Um, I'm putting a lot of faith in Shane Beamer. That's what I'm doing. Nice. Nice pivot. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go up to the cold north, and I'm going to uh, I'm gonna take some trains to run over some Badgers. I think the Purdue Boilermakers are going to beat the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, Wisconsin has actually played well after firing Paul Chris, which is ridiculous. Um, but um, Purdue played well last week, beating Nebraska. I think Purdue is going to get them. Okay. Okay, where is that game being played? What time? What network? I will tell you right now. 12, nope, that's in Pacific time. 3.30 Eastern on ESPN. <laughs> you West Coaster. I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. You, you you did pick a Big Ten game being in the Big Ten town. I apologize. I'm that's this close to like walking away. You from did that computer. to yourself. You made the decision to pick that game, Tyler. You left me. You alley-ooped it to me. All I did was slam not, it home. It's not, great that my, it's not great that my other option was a Pac-12 game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Five-wide recap <laughs> for this week. We have Syracuse taking on Clemson at noon on ABC. Tyler has – and I both have Clemson. UCLA taking on Oregon, 3.30 kick on Fox. Tyler has UCLA. I have Oregon. Texas taking on Oklahoma State, 3.30 kick on ABC. I have Texas. Tyler has Oklahoma State. Mississippi State taking on Alabama, 7 o'clock kick on ESPN. We both have Alabama. And Kansas State taking on TCU, 8 o'clock kick on FS1. Tyler has Kansas State. I have TCU. For our two points, I have South Carolina over Texas A&M, 7.30 kick on SEC Network. Tyler has Purdue over Wisconsin, 3.30 kick on ESPN. Tyler, do you have anything else to say before we sign off for the week? Uh, I'm very grateful that uh, the Gators will not be able to hurt me this week. Um, <laughs> for, unfortunately, the Jaguars will. So, um, yay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. You're going to get to see the Dolphins get hurt in primetime because we're the Sunday night game this week. So oh, you get boy. To, you get to watch us lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. That's what you get to do. But uh, it's okay. I, I practice self-care. So in order to, you know, take care of my own health, the Gators are on a bye. Uh, the Dolphins are going to be on national television. So I'm going to go to Costa Rica instead. Uh, I, I'm out of going out of the country. Um, I'm being 100%. I leave for Costa Rica Friday. I come back Monday. Oh, I'm, going on my, I'm going to my friend Ben's bachelor party. Um, but uh, the bit does stand. I am taking advantage of the bye week and escaping the national broadcast for the Dolphins and heading to costa rica but i will say if the dolphins do win the game on sunday uh which two is gonna play you, in so you're never gonna come back from costa rica is what i'm hearing <laughs> i think i might have to adapt uh to the puta vida lifestyle is what i'm saying yeah i might have to might have to do that um tyler this and has been another episode i don't hate that for you <laughs> um we'll be back next week we're gonna recap what happens in week eight we will have a florida gators the season so far discussion is what we will have next week because we will um, not have a Gator game to review. We will also have a conversation about the game against the Georgia Bulldogs. I don't know how nice of a conversation it'll be, but a conversation it will be nonetheless. Uh, that is what's on tap for next week. Tyler, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, Tyler, but I'm going to add in all kinds of weather this week because we kind of need it. In all kinds yeah. of weather. We're not biased, but go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators.